Hare Krishna. The first day of Kartik, such a wonderful month. And I hope everyone is uh, enjoying their special uh, opportunity to get more and more mercy of Sri Krishna during this month. And we hope to serve you in that respect with our series of uh, Krishna Leela in Vrindavan. And to inaugurate the series, I'm very, very happy to introduce my associate and friend, Kontiya Das Prabhu. Hare Krishna, thank you, Pancharatna Prabhu. You are my senior in all ways. <laughs> Age, I can agree. <laughs> but uh, every other way, let's. You know. Age, initiation, experience, devotion. Ah, well, every way. But isn't it a wonderful thing that's going to happen this next this this next thirty days? The entire Krishna book, uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, tenth uh, canto, leelas uh, from so many wonderful speakers that have been uh, have agreed to come on, and and it's 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 really going to be wonderful. And I, I'm hoping that uh, this you're giving us the first the first glimpse, the, the getting us into Krishna's appearance. And then we are going to continue all the way through till Krishna not actually leaves, <laughs> but is uh, going to Mathura. And we're going to end actually with a, uh, a, sec a session on uh, Krishna never leaves Vrindavan, right? So it's going to be quite wonderful. Anyway, I don't think we need to introduce more about you, Konteya. You're you have so many. Uh, you're the minister, co-minister for the. Uh, the, the Ministry of Congregational Development. Uh, you're co-chair, I believe, of the Organizational Development Committee of the GBC. And you and I are so privileged to serve together in this GBC strategic planning team, the SPT, and uh, so and in other other affairs too. Uh, so, without any further ado, I would like to hand it over to you, and uh, let's hear about Krishna's advent and the beginning of the 10th canto. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much, Panchata. So, yes, um, I'll give a, a, a quick overview of the first three chapters of the 10th canto and of the Krishna book. I prepared for you a PowerPoint and uh, I'm asking Ananta Shish Prabhu, who is uh, dealing with the technical support to start. So the title is Krishna's birth, the background, and uh, mostly we'll see the scene that was there on planet Earth and particularly North India before the time of Krishna's appearance. So the Krishna book begins with this sentence which is very well known to those who read off in the Krishna book once the world was overburdened by the unnecessary defense force of different kings who were actually demons but were posing themselves as the royal order. 
Now, the Bhagavatam doesn't give uh, an exact chronology, doesn't give uh, exact dates. So there are some questions beyond, uh, behind this, uh, this sentence. And uh, we are going to analyze this, uh, these questions. First of all, who were these demons? Now we'll discover, for those who already don't know, that um, there's a, a long and far in the back in the past history. And uh, we'll see one, one by one, at least the principal ones. How did they take over the earth? And what does it mean that they were posing as the royal order? This we can address immediately. In other words, they were kings, but they were not just normal kings of demoniac nature, as we see throughout history, uh, far and near uh, all over the world. There have always been kings with the demoniac nature, at least in Kali Yuga. But these were really demons. They were Daityas and Danavas from previous ages who actually had appeared in the royal families of North India. So we need to go back to the story of Parasurama, an avatar of Krishna. He was a Brahmana, but is most known for having killed for 21 times all the Kshatriyas. So, we don't have exact numbers, but in a series of, um, <laughs> a series of uh, killings, he was very, very upset, obviously. So for 21 times, he killed all the Kshatriyas. And of course, he's an avatar. There's nothing wrong in what he did. But one practical consequence was that all the Kshatriya princesses did not have any more bridegrooms, did not have, did not have enough Kshatriyas princess to marry. So <clears throat> you have uh, possibly thousands of princesses without husbands, without the possibility of having Kshatriya husbands because all the prospective uh, husbands were dead. So what was the social arrangement? They married sages. They married Brahmanas. Now, this is uh, perfectly right from the Vedic perspective. It's called an Anuloma marriage when a man of a higher group marries a, a woman of a lower group. And it's fine. And uh, one positive uh, consequence was the, the children were a mixture of Brahmana and Kshatriyas were 
the blood was a mixture of sage blood and the form mood and the, the mood of the princesses that brought the kshatriya aspect. So we see that this uh, brought a, a golden age in uh, North India. Yes. So here, for instance, I hope you can see on your screen that um, this is the Kuru dynasty. And if you take a quick look, you will see many familiar names. If you come down, you'll see the Pandavas. You'll see the Pandavas, his father Pandu, his brother Dhritarashtra. And then you see Duryodhan and 99 other sons and so on and so forth. But I want to focus, start focusing from uh, Maharaj Pratipa, who was the grandfather of Bhishma. Next, Ananta Shesh Prabhu. Okay, here you see Maharaj Pratipa. He was practically living like a yogi. He is, is the father of Shantanu, who then marries Ganga Devi, and through Ganga Devi, he fathers Bhishma. But again, there was a, a, a sense of detachment in Maharaj Pratipa. He was not really so much interested in administration or in expanding the king, how sometimes the Kshatriya kings do. Let's also take a look at another king, Uparichara Basu. He was actually the king of Chedi, and Chedi, according to the Mahabharata, was the ancient imperial capital. Before Astinapur, the kingdom of Chedi was considered the seat of the empire. And this Uparicharabasu was uh, firmly devoted to Lord Indra. And um, his name was Uparicharabasu because he had received from Indra one chariot, one special chariot made of crystal. And he would just go around in this special divine or at least semi-divine coming from the from heaven this chariot uparichara uh, literally means somebody who roams around on top no it basically was floating in this in this cart he also had established a festival in honor of hindara so in other words these kings were firmly on the side of the demigods but what happened is that certain demons started appearing in their family. For instance, Jarasandha. He was the, the son of, uh, the, of the son of, of Uparicharavasu, Briyadrata. Briyadrata was a very powerful king. And one of his sons was... Jarasandha, who became the king in the Magadha kingdom, became extremely uh, powerful. Also in Chedi, 
Shishupal appeared, another demon, those of you who are familiar with Krishna Lila, recognizes this name. Um, the point I want to stress is that these kings, these de de demoniac kings, took over control of important kingdoms of North India, what's called Aryabharata, without fighting. They did not conquer through an army or through normal battles. Just by taking birth, they were somehow so mystically endowed that they decided to take birth in the womb of the princesses and queens of the royal order. So without firing a bullet, so to say, they became in charge of very, very powerful kingdoms. We see down there, for instance, we have Duryodhana. He is considered to be the incarnation of the age of Kali. Hmm? Next. So, Jarasandha. Jarasandha had been Vipracitti. Srila Prabhupada explains that in the first canto, 15th chapter. And he was a very, very big, big demon. He married the sister of Prahlad Maharaj, Hiranyakashipu, who had uh, four sons, among whom the most famous is Prahlad Maharaj, who was a devotee, and uh, Prahlad Maharaj had a sister named Shimika. And Viprachiti married that lady and had under one children. One was Rahu, and the other hundred was the hundred. Uh, Ketus. So all his children became grahas or astrological planetary influences. He became even the, the king of the demons at one point. He was really big. So Viprachiti was a big deal. And see, he became Jarasandha. And he was a big deal also in Magda. We'll see how he, he, he had the... Uh, a huge, huge army display. Just consider this. During the Battle of Kurukshetra, the Pandavas, this is many years later, but just to give an idea, the Pandavas had seven Akshohini. Akshohini is a military battalion division of more than 200,000 fighters, plus elephants and chariots and so on, and horses like that. So, during the Kurukshetra war, the Pandavas as seven and the Kauravas, Duryodhana, at eleven. So in the old Kurukshetra war, there were 18 Akshawinis, 18 military divisions. But Jarasandha employed 23 Akshawinis just the first time he attacked Krishna in Mathura. 23. And he attacked Krishna and Balaram in Mathura 17 times. So you can imagine how huge was his military power. Next, Shishupala, he was Hiranyakashipu himself. Originally was Jaya of the Jaya and Vijaya pair in Vaikuntha. He was cursed to become a demon for the third life. And first life, he had been Hiranyakashipu. Second life, Ravana. And in this life, he was Shishupal. He was also connected 
um, family relation with Krishna. He was a cousin of Krishna. Then Dantavakra, he was Vijaya in the spiritual world. He, be, he had become Hiranyaksha and then he had become Kumbhakarna. And now, now he appeared as Dantavakra. So these are the top, top demons. Mm -hmm. And now North India was getting under the control of these demons. Kamsa. Kamsa had been a demon named Kalanemi. We'll say a few words more later. Pondraka, according to some, I don't have a, a, a super authoritative reference, but some people say was Vena, King Vena, the father of Maharaj Prithu. And there are many other demons, Banasura. Banasura was a, a great devotee of, of Shiva. Uh, he had a thousand arms, also very powerful. We have uh, Bhomasura, also known as Narakasura. He was the son of Varahadeva and Budevi. But then due to bad association, he also took up uh, demonic qualities. And there were many others. Those who are familiar with Krishna book uh, will see how, like the king of Kashi, they were all against Krishna. So this is a picture of uh, the North India uh, at that time, Aryavarta. We'll see here, for instance, the kingdom of Chedi. And the arrow shows uh, Shukti Mati was the capital. Now you see a question mark because the academics, the scholars don't know exactly where was the Shukti Mati, this, the capital of Chedi. Therefore, we don't know exactly where was the imperial city. We know the general area. You can see it's uh, the uh, nowadays that's the Madhya Pradesh area. But even the scholars don't know really. They have a couple of ideas, but they're not sure. Five, you know, more than five thousand years ago. So, hmm. Bagada, see the arrow. That was the kingdom of Jarasandha. It's nowadays would be Bihar. And then Mathura, which was the capital of the Shurasena kingdom. Mathura, which was ruled from a certain point by, by Kamsha. Hmm. So let's take a look, for instance, at Jarasandha. We said that Briadrata had two queens. And um, both became pregnant at the same time and both delivered at the same time, but uh, somehow the child they delivered was split into two. It's not really one child, it was, I mean, it was one child into two. So he appeared lifeless. So it was decided to, to basically be thrown in the forest. And uh, what happened is that um, the the witch Jara, who always also had some mystic power, obviously united the two parts, and the two parts became sealed and started acting as a baby. Uh, it is said that the, the two parts, the two halves, 
were, were thrown in the forest here in this picture we have a, like more of an urban setting those are those are artistic impressions we'll see a number of these artistic impressions we cannot always say how accurate they are but this is how artists have interpreted so when he went to the king uh, Rata, um, she only asked that um, uh, the, the, the the child be known as Jara Sanda or united by Jara the witch. This is a photo, contemporary photo from the palace in Bihar, which is considered to be the ruins of the palace of Jarasanda. So there are archaeological remains of his palace, of the place where he would uh, uh, fight, uh, wrestle, and so on. Now, Jarasanda is a particular demon who was, in one sense, very cultured. You may remember when, uh, before the Rajasuya Yagya, Krishna, Arjuna, and Bhima went to challenge Jarasanda, they were dressed as Brahmanas. And um, so as Brahmana Jarasanda asked them what, what, uh, what, what charity they wanted. And they asked us, as a charity, they wanted to fight with him. And Jarasanda broke into a laugh. He said, look, you could just ask my head as a charity, and I will give it uh, to you on a plate. He was very respectful of certain ethics of uh, the kingly order. He was also very devoted to uh, Lord Shiva. So he was a very king in one sense, but he was a demon. He was anti-Krishna, anti devotees anti-yadis and i'm bringing this up because not all demons were of the same nature of the same style of the same inclinations for instance when we see kamsa he was not as cultured as um, jarasanda he was quite impulsive, and he had always been impulsive, even as Kalanemi. This is uh, an ancient, uh, what appeared to be an ancient stone uh, representation of Kalanemi with his trident and his uh, lion, his carrier, his lion is mentioned in the Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam describes Kalanemi when the the demon Kalanemi was carried by the lion so that the Supreme Personality God carried by Garuda was on the battlefield. The demon immediately took his trident, whirled it, and discharged it at Garuda's head. Hari, the master of the three worlds, immediately caught the trident. And with the very same weapon, he killed the enemy Kalanemi. along can we remove this uh, can we remove this uh, banner please can we remove this banner please can we remove this uh, uh, written thing krishna lila and brindavan because it was covering the powerpoint thank you so uh, along with this carrier the lion this is a, a verse i'm not sure why it doesn't come the old uh, the verse comes but it doesn't come the reference this is a verse from the eighth canto 
There was the war between the Asuras and the Suras, the Devatas and the demons. And here you see at one point, the demons really bewildered the Devatas with some mystic power, some mystic clouds and fog. So <clears throat> Narayan appeared with eight arms, dissipated that mystical fog. It did not start fighting or anything like that. But Kalanemi, as you can see in the circle, of, he was on his, on his lion and he immediately hurled his uh, trident to Vishnu. So Vishnu captured it, threw it back, he killed both Kalanemi and uh, the lion. Later on, Shukracharya uh, revived all the demons. But the point is that you can see the Kalanemi's nature is very, very, very impulsive. Hmm? And Kamsa was like that. Poundraka, Poundraka in one sense perhaps is the most ridiculous of them. He hated Krishna Vishnu so much, he even tried to say that he was the real Vasudeva. He was the real Narayan. He was going around with two false arms to have, and he was having this uh, uh, false fake symbols like the Sudarshan, like the conch. Uh, and later on, he was he was killed. He was killed by Krishna. This is uh, two pictures about Banasura. He became an associate of Shiva because he was a great devotee. Uh, one is a modern picture, one is an ancient uh, manuscript uh, picture. And you see he playing different instruments and Shiva was dancing. Uh, so one can be Vedic, can be very in touch with the Vedas and the rules of worship of different Devadas, but still be an Asura, be still uh, anti-Krishna, anti-Vishnu. This is an ancient picture of, uh, of Bhaumasura, uh, Narakasura, that is the same person, uh, fighting with uh, Krishna on Garuda. That comes later, of course. So what happened with all these rulers who had conquered Aryavarta without fighting? Goddess Bhumi felt very much aggrieved Again, she was coming from a, a golden age of peace, uh, prosperity, uh, respect uh, for the Devata, respect for Narayana. And now the main uh, rulers were, were demons. Hmm? So what happened? There is a hierarchy in the universe. And this is what the Krishna book, this is the second sentence of the Krishna book. At that time, the whole world became perturbed. And the predominating deity of this earth, known as Bhumi, went to see Lord Brahma to tell of, of her calamities due to the demonic kings. So she took the form of a cow. The cow is well respected in Vedic culture, considered like the mother. Uh, no, no civilized human being will hurt a cow. So it's a very endearing form. So she took this form and she went to see Lord Brahma. There is a hierarchy in the universe. These are the dev devatas. And in, in one sense, the supreme is Brahma, is the creator. Everybody gets the bodies from, from him. So when there is a problem, 
they go and see him. So Lord Brahma went to with the demigods on the shores of the Kshirodaka ocean, the ocean of milk. There there is an island, it's called Swita Dvipa, the white island. And there Kshirodaka Shai Vishnu, one of the three Purusha avatars, resides. Now, Lord Brahma did not go inside, but in meditation, he received a message. And then he gave this message to the devatas. The message was, for as long as the Lord moves on earth to diminish its burden by his own potency in the form of time, all of you demigods should appear through plenary portions as son and grandsons in the family of the Yadus. So the Lord informed, I will appear, I will wipe out the earth of these demons, but you also will have to appear as my associates, as my assistants, so take birth in the Yadu family. The Supreme Personality of Goddess, Shri Krishna, was full potency, would personally appear as the son of Vasudeva. Therefore, all the wives of the demigods should also appear in order to satisfy him. Some of them became gopis. The gopis that were with Krishna, some were eternal associates, some were the personified Vedas, some were the sages who had the desire to have a conjugal relation with Ramachandra, and some were the the Devata's wives. And Sri Prabhupada explained that for them it was like a, a training to join the eternal pastimes of the Lord. Hmm. This is one function of the pastimes of the Lord on earth that um, it's a training ground for the soul to be for the first time in, in touch with Krishna. Sri Prabhupada explained also in the Krishna book that uh, the perfected soul in this life, at the time of death, doesn't go directly to the spiritual planets. He go on a material planet where Krishna is manifesting his pastimes. So that in, in direct association with Krishna, he or she can completely purify their heart and, and, uh, and then become qualified to move to the spiritual planet. So, this is uh, one of the opening scenes of the Krishna book, first chapter. Kamsa was related to Devaki. And um, Devaki was marrying Vasudeva. And so Kamsa, as a gesture of uh, goodwill and kind of parental type of affection, he was guiding the, the chariot. There was this uh, sense of, uh, because the, 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 the princess, the bride, would move to the family of the bridegroom. So this, this trip on the chariot, uh, led by a family member, would help the girl to, to, to familiarize with the environment. It was, it was not such an abrupt, abrupt change from one family to move to another. Now, what happened is that, of course, there was this Akashvani, this instruction in the 
ethereal instruction, voice in the sky. And the voice in the sky said, Kamsa, you're a fool. You're getting the chariot to Devaki, but Devaki's eighth child will kill you. So it's like, are you what, celebrating your future death? Now, in normal circumstances, a person less impulsive certainly would have been shocked, but would not act as Kamsa. What Kamsa did, she, he, uh, he took David by the head, by the hair, and he was immediately ready to chop off her head like that on the spot. He didn't hesitate. He was really, he was really wild. He was really a loose cannon, as we call them nowadays. Hmm? This is a famous painting, BBT painting of the same scene. Uh, everybody was shocked because in the middle of this very joyful procession, uh, there was singing, there was music, there were trumpets and all that. Due to one voice in the sky, Kamsa was ready to commit, uh, commit murder in front of everybody. So Vasudeva stopped it. Stopped it. First of all, he, he preached philosophy. He tried to talk some sense into Kamsa, saying, look, uh, the death is uh, unavoidable. Whoever is, is born is also dying at every moment. So you can't just uh, be so affected by the concept of dying. It's a fact of nature. Death is sure as for everyone who's taking birth. He was not too convinced by this philosophical arguments. So Vasudeva, what he did? Vasudeva promised, look, Kamsa, I will give you all the children. And Vasudeva's word, reputation as truthfulness was so high that even a demon like Kamsa accepted. He accepted his offer. So after the first child was born, Vasudeva loyally, diligently, faithfully, truthfully brought it to Kamsa to do as he liked with the child. But as you see here, Kamsa said, no, anyway, this is the first child. I'm supposed to be killed by the eight. So you can go back home. You can take this child back to you. I have nothing to fear from this one. But now what happened? The next scene, Narada Muni appears in the royal court of Kamsa and he tells him two things. Look, Kamsa, you were Kalanemi in the previous life and you were killed by Vishnu. And the Devatas, who are your enemies, they're all taking birth to fight you in the Yadu dynasty. So watch out. Watch out. In other words, you are going to be surrounded by so many enemies that, uh, in other words, you don't have to just fear the eight sons of David. You should basically fear, fear everybody. So, next picture is uh, an old painting. You see Narada Muni flying away after talking with uh, Kamsa, 
who starts immediately holding counsel what to do. Uh, it's a major challenge. And he decided, with his typical temper, to start persecuting all the Yadavas. He was very, very powerful. And uh, so the Bhagavatam explains Kamsa, under the protection of his father in law, Jarasandha, began oppressing the members of the Yadu dynasty. Therefore, the members of the Yadu dynasty left their homes and sought shelter in such states as Kuru, Panchala, Kekaya, Shalva, and Vidharva. Only some of them stayed with Kamsa as nominal friends. To give you an idea, this is again the map of North India. The Kekaya kingdom is up north. You see northwest. Uh, no, sorry, I was showing. <laughs> Vidharva is down south, central south. Uh, Panchala, Kuru is north, near, near Astinapur. So basically all the Yadus scattered. But some of them stayed in Mathura. Uh, Shira Prabhupada used this word as nominal friends. In other words, they appeared to be loyal subjects, but actually they were devotees. One of them, perhaps the most famous, is Akrura. Akrura was a devotee of Krishna. So some stayed back uh, feigning allegiance to Kamsa, but actually waiting for Krishna to appear so they could witness Krishna's appearance and pastimes. Kamsa, the son of Ugrasena, killed the six sons of Devaki. And there is a long story behind this. Uh, there is a curse. So what happened is that basically the planet Earth became the crossway um, of a number of history and curses uh, and uh, enmities that went back sometimes thousands of years, even millions of years. Those six children that were born to Devaki were actually being sons of Kalanemi. And at one point, there are different descriptions. I'll give a shorter one. At one point, there were the grandsons of Iranyakashi. And they went to do austerities to ingratiate, to get the blessings of Lord Brahma. And when Lord Brahma appeared to them, they asked something very, very similar to what Hiranyakashipu uh, had asked Lord Brahma, because apparently it ran in the family. They asked not to be killed by men, by devatas, by this race, that race, and so on. Now, when Hiranyakashipu heard about that, he was very, very upset. I mean, Hiranyakashipu wanted to be the center of the universe, so he didn't like that his, uh, his, uh, his um, grandsons would, uh, would do austerities and receive the favor of Brahma. So he cursed them. He cursed them that your father, Kalanemi, in a future life will kill you. Hmm? So they are called the Sadgarbha Asura. The Asuras... Sura, at least in, in, in that birth, before that was, the, they were children of Marichi who had been cursed. Uh, they were very prone to be cursed. So now, they were children of Marichi 
who had been cursed because they criticized Lord Brahma when Lord Brahma had some spiritual difficulty, had some attraction, which was considered very um, improper. But they criticized him. And, um, and so they were cursed to become demons. They became demons. And so now in this life, they become Sadgarbha Asura. Garba means womb. So they were the six Asuras who appeared in the womb of David. And Kamsa, who was Kalanemi, was a father, killed them. So in one sense, obviously, they got uh, freed from that, that curse. So. so what happened after the sixth child was killed, Lord Vishnu summoned Durga Devi and instructed her for a special mission. He told her that Sankarshan, Anantadeva, Balaram would appear as the seventh pregnancy of Devaki. But she had the mission to transfer Balaram from the womb of Devaki to the womb of Rohini, another wife of Vasudeva. So that was part of her task. Let's see, she will have more tasks, but that was specific task. So theologically speaking, Balaram, of course, is also not only the, not only is the Supreme Personality of God, um, but he is also the, represents the first Guru, Adi Guru. And before Krishna appears, the Guru must appear. So theologically, he prepared the womb, he prepared the situation for Krishna to appear in that womb. There is also a, a special significance that Charyas have explained that the fear of Devaki for Kamsa was purifying. And the Sadgarbha Asuras represented also the six Anarthas. Kama, Kroda, Loba, Moa, Matsarya, Mother, uh, Lust, Greed, Envy, Madness, Lust, Greed, Lust, Kama, Kroda, Anger, Lust, Greed, Anger, uh, Mother, Madness, uh, and Envy. I don't know if I say all six. Anyway, the six. The six fundamental anarthas or impurities of the heart. And, um, and so the, the fear of Devaki um, basically was purifying. So before Balarama appears, the anarthas needs to remove. Before Krishna appears, Balarama has to appear. Balarama was transferred at the seventh month of pregnancy. And now the scene was ready for Krishna to appear in the womb of Devaki. And so the second chapter of the Bhagavatam 10 canto describes our Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, accompanied by great sages like Narada, Devana, Vyasa, and by other demigods like Indra, Chandra, and Varuna, invisibly approach the room of Devaki. 
where they, are, they all join in offering their respectful obeisances and prayers. The second chapter, also the Krishna book, describes their prayers. So the, the great demigods, the great sages knew what was going on. Kamsa wasn't really aware what was going on, um, but the great personality in the universe knew. And it is said that Devaki started becoming so, so beautiful, so effulgent, because from the heart, the pure heart of Vasudeva, also represents the pure level of consciousness, Krishna was transferred to the heart of Devaki. So finally, finally was the time for Krishna appearance. Yeah, another picture of the Devatas praying to Devaki, you see the womb was so luminous, so effulgent, giving light to this self. And finally was the time for Krishna to appear. Now, Krishna's appearance is not mundane. His body is never material. Krishna explained Bhagavad Gita, Janma Karma Chane Divyam. My appearance, my birth and activities are all divyam, are all transcendental. They're not dictated by the gunas, by the influences of the modes of nature. They're not dictated by karma. So he appeared as a small baby Vishnu. There are different descriptions. Bhagavan say Bala. He was a small Vishnu with four arms, small Narayana. With the four symbols, with the uh, with the usual uh, jewelry, uh, crown, and everything, so it was very clear that it was not a, a, a normal baby. He did not appear like normal baby, full of blood and crying. He was uh, the Lord in all his majesty. And then, uh, after talking, after explaining the past of uh, Vasudev and Devaki how they have tried to have him, they have endeavored to have him as a son for lifetimes of sacrifice and austerity. He, after speaking with them, he took a form of a more normal baby. He was still Krishna, but this time two arms. And you can see in this sequence how Vasudeva prepares to take him away. So the council will not kill him create any trouble. So we see a series of um, a picture. Here we see Vishnu as, uh, as grown up. Here also we see Vishnu as grown up. This is a famous BBT painting. Uh, you may notice how different artists have different conceptions here uh, the, on, the, on your uh, left. Uh, the, the cell is very is very austere, it's very uh, Spartan, there's almost nothing. Uh, in the other one, there is even a lotus pond and, uh, and very gorgeous carpets. And look at the, at the carvings in the columns and the ceilings and look at the curtain. Uh, but anyway, we, I, mean, I don't know exactly what was, but basically they were in jail and uh, the Lord appeared in jail. And now was the time to transfer the Lord to Vrindavan. This is a preliminary 
the old series for this topic present to you by the SPT and select the speakers is Krishna Imbrindal. And this first part was a summary of the first three chapters of the 10th canto. And uh, it's the background of Krishna in Vrindava. So we are almost at the point where Krishna reaches Vrindava. Again, many artists here, they, they, they prostrate Deva Vasudeva, offering prayers to Vishnu. Same concept, but then we see here another idea that the guards, even the dogs here apparently, they all fell asleep and magically by Yoga Maya's power, the doors and the chains just got loose, just got opened up. So Vasudeva here takes the baby Krishna, divine baby, and starts walking away. This is another uh, artistic expression of the same past times. You can see Masudev and Deleki looking quite worried, but now they see, oh, the cars are sleeping. Wow, good. So they walk, he walked away. Devaki stays in the room. Here, different style. You see as the devatas look on. As often appears in these ancient manuscripts and these ancient pictures, they show a sequence in the same, in the same, uh, in the same painting. So you can see towards the middle and the right, you see Vishnu as a baby, baby Vishnu, with Devaki and Vasudeva praying to him, and then below you see Vasudeva walking with Krishna moving away from Kamsa's palace. Similar, this time with three steps, you see uh, our lower right, Vishnu, Devaki, and Vasudeva. On top you see Kamsa, uh, unaware of what was going on, he was sleeping. You see the Devatas, some are some are throwing flowers because Krishna, this is a Krishna's appearance that we celebrate in Jamasana. Then you see Vasudeva walking through the doors, the guards resting in the mystic slumber. And then you see towards the center left, you see Vasudeva walking towards the Yamuna. This happened in Mathura. So you have to cross the river Yamuna to go to Gokula. In the village of uh, of the the cowboys, as you can see, there are cows there, and Ananta Shesha appears to protect Vasudeva and Krishna. These are details from the same painting, Vishnu, then Vasudeva walking away, and you see uh, different artistic expression of the same pastime. And then the crossing. The crossing was also eventful. It said at one point even Krishna fell into the water. Can you imagine the anxiety of uh, uh, Vasudeva in the middle of this storm? But somehow, slowly, slowly, he reached the other side. 
so many artists try to capture this moment. And finally, he arrived in Braja. And uh, the, we could say, the official of the, of the famous story is that uh, Yashoda given birth to a baby girl. But the Acharya explained that actually Krishna was also born in Braja simultaneously. Srila Prabhupada explained this in the purport. Srila Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur discusses that Krishna appears simultaneously as the son of Devaki and as the son of Yashoda, along with the spiritual energy Yoga Maya. So, although the more well known story is that the baby boy was born to Devaki and Vasudeva Krishna, Krishna was brought to Braja. And Vasudeva picked up the baby girl of Yashoda. Uh, it is said that Yashoda gave birth by herself because it was late at night. It didn't appear that the, the baby would come out at that time. So she was alone and she was so exhausted that she didn't remember if it was a girl or a boy. So Vasudeva here is bringing Krishna to the chambers of Nanda Maharaj. So in another purport, few chapters ahead, uh, Shri Prabhupada again explains, Bismarat Chakravarti Thakur desires to prove with evidence from many Shastras that Krishna actually took birth as the son of Yashoda before the birth of Yoga Maya, who is therefore described as the Lord's younger sister. So Yashoda Devi had two babies, Krishna and Yoga Maya. So Vasudeva came picked up Yoga Maya, and tomorrow you'll hear when Kamsa starts his persecution, he had, a, you know, he had the shock of his life when he sees that the, the child of Vasudeva Devaki is this girl who actually is Durga Devi. But not, I don't want to give you too many spoilers. That's for tomorrow's presentation. So this is a very important aspect to understand so we end here with Krishna coming to Vrindavan, being born in Vrindavan, and being brought, being brought by Vasudeva. He said the two Krishna basically merged in one in, in Vrindavan. So here is the scene, Yashoda Devi sleeping, Vasudeva placing the baby Krishna um, near Yashoda and then taking the baby girl with him. So this all first uh, presentation, thank you very much for your patience and your attention. This all first presentation was to introduce Krishna Lila and Vrindava. Can we continue the PowerPoint? So let's remember Janma Karma Chalvi Divyam Evam Yoviti Tattva One who knows in truth the Krishna's pastimes are divine, is not under karma, is not under the influence of time or space, is not under the influence of the guna. One who understands clearly, then he will not take birth again in this world. So this is a tool, is an instrument to, for liberation. Mm -hmm. 
So this Kartik uh, is every day is an opportunity, but in Kartik devotees sometimes use more concentration, more focus on Krishna Lila. And the SPT, Strategic Planning Team, wants to serve all of you by presenting uh, different meditations on these chapters of the Krishna book. And today was the first uh, three chapters. I want to just stress, uh, I, I really like this picture because uh, it's, it's after a few years, but uh, Mother Yashoda looking in the mouth of Krishna, seeing the whole universe and also seeing herself and Krishna. So Krishna is within and without everything. Everything is in Krishna. There is nothing but Krishna. There is nothing but Krishna and his energies. And his energies are not different from him. This is the sublime philosophy Lord Chaitanya gave. So everything is simultaneously and inconceivably different and non-different from Krishna. Last slide, last picture. So Krishna appears in uh, so many avatars. The Bhagavatam says they're like endless rivulets uh, appearing on this earth. So we are celebrating Krishna appearing in human history and showing the pastimes of Braja. So to attract the mind and the heart of all conditioned souls so that we can... Uh, develop some desire to be transferred from wherever we are now, from whatever body we inhabit, from whatever nation, country, ethnic group we belong to materially, uh, to give us the desire to transfer to the original Vrindavan and join him in his eternal pastimes. So, thank you very much. Uh, I'm not sure if is there any so this is the introduction of Krishna Lila and Vrindavan. Say tune for the whole month, please. Thank you, Anantashesh Prabhu. Do we have any comments from uh, our viewers? Hare Krishna, some... Oh, Jai Murari Prabhu sends three-folded hands, our very dear spiritual uncle Kuladri Prabhu sends his pranam. So thank you very much. I don't see any any question or any comments. So thank you very much for your attention. Again, stay tuned. We have uh, from tomorrow, we'll uh, focus Krishna, Lila, and Vrindavan. This was just an introduction. Uh, the SPT told me, you are not qualified to talk about Krishna and Vrindavan. You're more uh, fit to talk about the demons. So that's what I did. Hi, Krishna. Thank you very much. <laughs>